everyone. Welcome to Uncertified and Unqualified. I'm Anna. And I'm Rita. And today we're going to be talking about rainbow capitalism. So, Rita, tell us what is rainbow capitalism? So, rainbow capitalism, by definition from Wikipedia, don't put your nose up about Wikipedia. Sometimes they actually do really, really good definitions, and it was the best one that I found. So, rainbow capitalism, according to Wikipedia, is a targeted inclusion of the gay community which has acquired sufficient purchasing power, referred to in this context as pink money, to generate a market focus specifically on them. Examples of such target inclusion are bars and nightclubs, LGBTQ plus tourism, or specialized culture consumption. So, in basic terms, it is just, it's targeting the gay community with specific items and things you can buy because they want to get money. (laughs) Yeah. Rainbow capitalism is what you see in lots of corporate stores in June. If you didn't know, June is Pride Month. June is Pride Month, yeah. You know, and especially in corporate stores, it's those, those tiny corporate corner sections of the store that have rainbows on t-shirts and shirts, t-shirts, bags, little trinkets that they'll sell, try to sell to the queer community and its allies. And sometimes they're right. Those little rainbow tchotchkes can be cute. But behind that cuteness, there's the question of, you know, does this business really care about the queer community or are they just looking to make a quick buck? And along with, you know, all the other ethical questions of shopping, of shopping at corporate locations just come into light. Yeah, like, what is the real purpose behind this? What are they trying to get? Are they really saying, hey, we're including you, and we've, you know, made this part of our store because we want you to be able to show your stuff with pride, which maybe is true some of the times, but we know a lot of the times with capitalism, it's, are they just going, shapes and colors, money. So, Refinery29's Michelle Santiago Cortez actually put out a really interesting article article titled the best part of pride is making fun of rainbow capitalism in june of last year in which cortez wrote in the same way that whitewashing and greenwashing absorb historical and environmental struggles rainbow capitalism exploits marginalized communities by turning them into markets selling them back to them as products and commodifying pretty much everything about every part of their lives yeah so again just really capitalizing not capitalism bad but she is capitalizing on the fact that that corporate america especially and capitalism thereof don't really actually give a shit about yeah it really reminds me too of um when it's black history month and then they Mm. put all this stuff out and i'm like what are you not the are you not huh yeah like (laughs) Let's let's look at history here. Yeah, especially. let's take a look at history and corporations yeah. and see how well they uh, supported the black community. Absolutely. And just people of color in general. To yeah. So, and going back to Cortez and the Refinery29 article, Refinery29, easy for me to say, talk to an, he, Cortez talked to an art director at an advertising ag- agency named Drew, didn't give a last name, just said that their name was Drew, and he said that, quote, there is, lo- there is a lot of social pressure for brands to do something for every single awareness, awareness month. Wow. Especially now <laughs> in the culture that we live in. And he added that if you don't do it, it calls more attention to your brand than if you do do it. Cortez continued with Im- this with this impulse to take a stand, even if you don't stand for anything, speaks to a larger larger cultural misunderstanding of what accountability means. That's interesting. Which like, is, I feel like that's a double edged sword. It you is because I I mean it's like yes you like, want to say something you, you want to I mean these brands participating in the corporate 
part of like the, the, the modifying monetary part that's of it. part of the problem but the bigger part of the problem is the fact that they support organizations that persecute these communities yeah that's where like the bigger problem lies yeah um so like yes if you don't if your company doesn't participate in the mu- in like the awareness month by doing some sort of thing like sure that's an issue but like the deeper issue therein is are they actually in support of the community that the awareness month is taking part of do they you know support or corporations that don't support these communities it's almost like would you rather just them not say anything at all if when they're doing it they just don't actually care they're just doing it because that's what everyone's doing and that's like the way that they don't don't get in trouble but they don't actually care right and like even if certain businesses especially small businesses like like send money to nonprofits or you know do other good deeds towards communities such as the queer community the color like the people of color their community like those sorts of things if they do it on the dl and don't advertise and don't do all that kind of stuff like that's fine Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's like oh hey we care about you now spend money at our place instead of like oh we see the damage that we've done and we're gonna fix it use this month of awareness to help fix the problem and fix the thing that we created especially like hey we're gonna sell these products to support some and like donate the proceeds to this corporation like even that is a better use of just saying ah stick a rainbow on it because we like them now (laughs) gay is good (laughs) um but back to the article again especially it talks about the music artist dorian electra i've never really listened to their music but i've heard it's fantastic um and mainly the merch that they came out with that had several brand names on it that were written in the pride fat flag stripes you can find it on their instagram i actually looked and it was still there um and the the shirts and the merch was just to symbolize that the brands on the shirt like maybe they do plaster up the pride flags and make rainbow their app or business theme colors for june but the receipts of their donations to anti-lgbtqia organizations and persecution of the community cannot be erased by simply putting up the colors for a month Mm -hmm. it's like such a thing now to see like what brands on their instagram will change their profile picture Mm -hmm. to a rainbow and like which ones won't? Yeah, in in the Refinery29 article, it's funny, Cortez put up a screenshot of Red Lobster's Instagram where they took a, ba- a bucket of biscuits and put the pride flag over the biscuits. Stop, that's kind of funny, though. And I was like, <laughs> what is this? And I was like, and I don't know if... Gay biscuits. Yeah, like... <laughs> Uh, that just sounds wrong <laughs> game biscuits i hate that oh, anyways no. but oh. this going off of the oh no 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 wait i'm sorry i'm sorry i need to interrupt oh. you know what the best one is though when skittles oh. don't, goes black and white because the pride flag is the only rainbow that matters <laughs> oh like i, I appreciate the that. sentiment you're different you're trying to stand out you're quirky you're quirky you're cool but i feel like that's just like you're not you're not I mean, achieving the goal i see the point achieve. i see the sentiment but you're missing the more wants to eat black and gray <laughs> skittles especially like if you have like a flavor thing associated with color how do like you know how are they gonna know how are they gonna know plus i feel like there's better ways you could capitalize off it like you are already taste the rainbow like <laughs> like just like just you run have with it, so Chief. many good ideas. Run with it, like Chief. you You're are celebrating there. the community all year long. 
Yeah, and I don't Just know what the Skittles Corporation history is, regardless of all of no, that. No, I don't know Skittles Corporation their, that well. Their current branding, just speaking to branding. They, is the rainbow. They're already there. So, you don't have to even work so, that hard. You don't gotta change anything. It's a funny joke, but I'm gonna need you to stop anyway. I liked the sentiment <laughs> ten years ago. It ain't funny it, no It's more. not working it anymore. Ain't funny change no it up. More. Do something a little different. I wanna right. see some spice. Let's go. Okay. Back to the serious things at hand. <laughs> so, the rise of rainbow capitalism, we're going to go into the history of the rise of rainbow capitalism and where it stems from and how it leads us to where we are today. So, it stretches all the way back into the last decades of the 19th century when bars, cabarets, and brothels, and even some magazines targeted specifically at LGBTQ community members existed in cities across Europe and the United States. Um, Although the members of the LGBTQ community were still often publicly persecuted, the creation of these businesses corresponded to the beginning of the first drive for LGBTQ rights. And this is the first LGBT movement, and it was attacked between the First and Second World World Wars, easy for me to say, and the rise of fascism in Europe. So the Stonewall Riots in 1969, I hope you've heard of them. I'm sure you've heard of them. If you haven't, you should check out the History We Missed episode that we recorded in Season 2. Because we we did talk about it. We more deeply covered the Stonewall Riots in that episode. Yes. So the Stonewall Riots in 1969 marked the beginning of the LGBTQIA plus liberation movement and was characterized by increased public visibility of homosexuality, the aim of decriminalizing homosexuality, and increased social and political integration. The movement resulted in a negative social response, in part by the HIV-AIDS pandemic, which in turn led to the development of the queer movement by discriminated gay groups. And in the 90s, the discrimination of the gay community diminished, and the it broadened the LGBTQIA plus people's access to formerly heteronormative jobs. And I feel like this is, I, I don't know when the fall of Don't Ask, Don't Tell was. I'm thinking probably around the early 2000s, yes. maybe later 2000s. So it's, it's, leading, it's leading up to that point. Yeah. Um, but it resulted in increased purchasing power of the LGBTQIA plus community or the and the creation thereof of pink money. That is what pink money is. Money from well off LGBTQIA plus people. So homosexuals in particular represented a large portion of this purchasing power and the trend is closely related to that of D-I-N-K's dinks or double income no kids. That's what D-I-N-K, double income no kids, which are couples with two incomes and no children. Okay, interesting, interesting. So these processes are especially evident in the dynamics of gay neighborhoods, which attracted LGBTQIA plus people with their affordability and the social security provided by living with other sexual minorities. So these neighborhoods, after decreasing a social stigma, made them trendy and then gradually underwent the gentrification process. Rising prices expelled the LGBTQIA plus population that could not afford the new expenses, and increasingly specialized markets developed around the LGBTQIA plus community in parallel with these other events. This market specifically developed around the needs of the community, selling services and products extensively designed to meet their needs. Different companies and firms in turn began incorporating the defense of the LGBTQIA plus rights into their company policies and code of context, and even financing some of their events. 
And, you know, while rainbow capitalism has resulted in the achievement of some symbolic rights, such as, like, equal marriage or recognition of gender identity, these rights are subordinated to the people's resources, like, income, social position, and the quote-unquote trend of the gay movement has not defined the political agenda by any means. It instead, like, adapted this heteropatriarchal and heteronormative capitalism into a new form of patriarchal capitalism. I mean, if you really want to think on top of it, there's still this whole idea of white supremacy with it. Mm -hmm. Like, being white and queer is very different between being non-white and queer. It's a very different life that is lived. Absolutely. Um, And, like, this new capitalism, it incorporates the social vision of, you know, family, property, body, economic organization, the sexual experience of the heterosexual community. And it's it's struggled for equal marriage. And without questioning the concept of marriage, it it capitalizes on the fact that we struggled for equal marriage. But it doesn't take into consideration, like, the fight for equal marriage and, like, the goal that the LGBTQIA plus community has, has, like, strived for. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, we gave you guys that now, so everything's good. You know, still just live under the system. So buy our rainbow shit. (laughs) Yes, yes, everything's fine now. Like, we're all happy and you can marry each other, yay. But, like, there's still so many other problems that are going on and it's kind of like, We'll make a space for you in the capitalist system. And on top of that, like, talking about intersectionality, it's obvious how much rainbow capitalism, i.e. capitalism, including the queer community, is ignoring sexual... is ignoring intersectionality, such as ignoring that capitalism generally upholds neocolonism, gentrification, and white supremacist institutions. Also, the ability to buy these products requires having a source of income, and the community is looking for jobs and will be facing hiring discrimination because we still have a very homophobic country, and these people are disproportionately making up lower-income categories in the United States. Even though, like, this rainbow capitalist, like organization or like social organization is targeted at these double income no kids Mm -hmm. queer people um especially because they're like equal marriage now you can get married now you have double income no kids but it doesn't take into consideration the fact that again queer people face hiring discrimination so they're in they can't get high paying jobs sometimes also the more affluent affluent people are probably going to be most times white people so right and if if you're gonna be queer and affluent you're probably gonna be white and you're probably gonna be maybe a little older Mm -hmm. because um as we know also millennials are gonna be the first generation not to make as more than their parents made Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, you know, fun. Really looking forward to going into that. Horrifying, actually. <laughs> Love that. But it's it's not helping the system in any way because you can put all of that stuff out, but who's to say that your hiring practices are not even discriminatory on some level? Right. And, you know, regardless of all of that, raising awareness of the issue, like, such as happening now in academia and on social media, is slowly bringing to the forefront what rainbow capitalism is all about. And, you know, in, in true Gen Z fashion, mm-hmm. we take most of what rainbow capitalism products offer, offer us, and we choose to point at it and laugh. Reasonably so. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, as is our right and our prerogative. And eventually, the hope is that the laughter and the ability to enact change will drown out these institutions that ignore history and they act and what they what these corporations actively participated in and like such as namely 
persecuting the queer community. Yeah, and I hope I hope at some point corporations catch on and are like, oh, hey, they're kind of laughing at this. They don't really think this is cute. Maybe we shouldn't just throw things up just because it's, like, cool now to, like, the LGBTQIA plus community. It's maybe... cool to be gay, kids, so <laughs> buy our rainbow-themed stuff. Exactly. Like, hey, maybe we should actually, like, mm, do something meaningful. Or at least try to do something meaningful instead of just that... Mm. You know that t-shirt you really like? Now there's a rainbow on it. Go buy it. Exactly. And especially, again, like, just going from the stemming point, I feel like it stems from these corporations Mm -hmm. donating to, like, associations or other people, other organizations that that are actively participating in the persecution of these people. Yeah, like, they're trying to, like, revamp their image. And it's also like, oh, hey, the times are changing, like, we should be on their side now. So it's like, oh, how do we can we capitalize off this? Exactly. It's more it's more for a profit more than genuinely yeah. giving a shit. Like, don't think that if this like people started like the tide started turning again that they wouldn't turn right back. Abs- because it's just whatever they can make the most money off of. They right. don't care. Right. I'd love to see some actual care and some actual change and some actual progress being done. Not just money. How novel. How novel. It's high hopes for the system we are in, but maybe we can see some change eventually. Maybe they'll catch on. I don't know. And with that, thank you for listening. We are Uncertified and Unqualified. You can find us on Instagram at Uncertified and Unqualified Pod, and you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts on every other Monday. Thanks for listening. I was going to add a little something. What's that? I shouldn't have done that. I was going to say, we truly appreciate you guys, and we hope you enjoy season three. Aw, we love (laughs) y'all. Bye. Bye.